This is Fogland Lighthouse. I'm Jack Dean. What a sight it would be. Commuters would pull into Leeds Station from the west, and for a moment, those bleary-eyed itinerants from Cottingley, Headingley, Morley and Bramley would pass a figure large enough to block out the dim Yorkshire sun. In the Holbeck Triangle, a patch of wasteland hemmed in by three railway viaducts, there would be a colossus made of 120,000 deep red bricks. Standing 40 metres high, he would not be tall enough to peer above the city's growing skyline, but, well, he'd be noticeable. Not the tallest building in Leeds, but the biggest sculpture in Britain. This giant brick man would be given the name Brickman. And if they had the time to spare on their lunch break, those commuters could head down Whitehall Road, turn onto Globe Road and step into the elegant plaza that that patch of wasteland had been transformed into. To see him, his featureless face turned away from the city centre, staring outwards with an unreadable emotion. Then they could enter through a small portal in his feet and look up into his hollow body, seeing faint sunlight streaming in through the holes in his ears. They might even, if they were lucky, be able to climb up and look through each of the ear holes, out over his broad shoulders with their inevitable nests of pigeons. To the northwest, they could trace the River Eyre up to the ruined steeple of Kirkstall Abbey, and to the southeast, they could see Holbeck itself. Holbeck, after all, was what this was all for. You already know the story of Holbeck, because it's the story of a thousand places in England. The hamlet that became a township, that became a slum. All in the space of a few decades, as the mills and foundries that powered the city sprung up. And millions of bricks were baked, cooled and thrown into ramshackle terraces to house the workers that manned them. Bricks that would silently absorb cries of despair as cholera ripped through that slum, sweeping hundreds of lives away with it. Bricks that would be scattered and dumped as the slums were cleared to try and control this disease with little care if the humans within them were scattered and dumped in the same way. Bricks that would ossify into a new suburb, one with a new sense of belonging, one where the nation's first working men's club would open its doors. Bricks that would gather moss and erosion as the 19th century swung into the 20th, as the machinery of the mills and foundries followed the twitching ley lines of international capital to leave only the stonework shells that housed them. You can rebuild a house easily enough. But how do you rebuild a feeling like pride or optimism or a sense of being at home? That's a question that people sometimes, for better or worse, try to answer with art. And so Holbeck Triangle Trust, a group of locals led by a mysterious unnamed millionaire industrialist, held a design competition in the early 1980s looking for these answers. That's when a little-known artist called Anthony Gormley submitted a scale model of Brick Man. Made from wrapping his own body in cling film, coating himself with plaster and standing there, stock still for 12 hours until it dried, using Buddhist meditation techniques to keep mind and body calm, before being carefully cut out, a caesarean from a masonry womb, then coating the mould left behind with fibreglass and adding the outer layer of bricks. The judges must have felt a connection when they saw it. The effort of it, the sweat, the grit, all for something that might not come to anything. Even though it came from an Oxbridge-educated Londoner, it must have spoken to them. But 
they were only responsible for the shortlist. After that, it went to the public vote. And the public voted for a giant teapot that would continuously pour water into six revolving teacups. And that's when it all started to fall apart. The teapot design got rejected by the panel on cost grounds. Another entry that also got more votes than Brickman was dismissed with the somewhat flimsier excuse that it would cause, quote, dangerous reflections in the eyes of train drivers. And so, though it only came third in the popular vote, they declared Brickman the winner on a technicality. The Yorkshire Evening Post smelled blood in the water and swam in for the kill. They did a poll of their own, one that garnered 800 votes for the building of Brickman and 2,000 against. They became a spearhead for the campaign to pull the plug on the statue as it ground through the tectonic planning permission process in Leeds City Council. It was a waste of taxpayers' money, they cried, and no one cared when the Trust pointed out it was all privately funded and wouldn't cost taxpayers a thing. It was made by an airy-fairy southerner who didn't understand them, they cried, and no one cared that Gormley had actually lived much of his life in the North. Their votes had been ignored and dismissed, they cried, and no one gave a hoot when the Trust insisted that it was only ever meant to be an advisory poll. It was a frivolous frippery at a time when economic chaos was ravaging the land, they cried. And what can you really say to that? What would Holbeck really get out of this? Would it feed the hungry, heal the sick? Would its grand edifice shelter the heads of the homeless? What is the point of art in a time of devastation? One by one, city councillors started pulling out their support like Jenga bricks when they saw which way things were going. Votes, after all, were not merely advisory to them. They were needed to keep their jobs. And in November 1988, just months before building was due to start, the application for planning permission was denied. The trust gave up the whole thing. And the triangle still stands vacant today. Rabbits running through its long grass. Vagrants hopping the fence for a troubled night's sleep. Sex workers walking its corners waiting for clients. And people are still trying to fix Holbeck with housing projects or with managed red light districts or with something else. And other people are declaiming that Holbeck doesn't need fixing. Gormley shrugged the whole thing off. He had other bricks in the kiln as he moved from little-known artist to better-known artist, especially in the early 90s when he got planning permission for another giant statue that locals hated, at least initially, called the Angel of the North. But its precursor, its prototype, the brick behemoth south of the air, will only live in the airy-fairy imaginations of those who wanted him there. Fogland Lighthouse is written, produced and scored by me, Jack Dean. I get research assistance from Lucy Jane Santos and project management from Plum Grosvenor Stevenson. This season is supported by Arts Council England. The show is presented by Jack Dean and Company. You can find out more about us and our other projects at jackdean.co.uk. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, or you can email me on jack at jackdean.co.uk. If you get a moment, please leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or share the podcast with someone you think might like it. Those both help an awful lot. I'll catch you guys next week.